You know the story of that hymn we just sang? Horatio Spafford was a lawyer in the city of Chicago, and in 1871, fire swept through downtown, left 100,000 people homeless overnight. Spafford, his wife, and his four kids, they lost everything. And two years later, they needed a break, so he sent his wife and kids ahead of him across the Atlantic for a vacation in London. And the steamship that they were on was struck by an iron sailing ship and began to sink. They had 12 minutes. And Horatio's wife, Anna, and their four kids under 11, huddled together in prayer, were swept out to sea, the four children lost and drowned. And Anna was found unconscious, floating by a passing ship headed east. She made it to London. She cabled back two words to her husband. Saved alone. Shortly thereafter, Horatio boarded a ship himself. And as they were crossing the Atlantic, the captain called him to the bridge and said... I want you to know that this is the place where we are right now. We are over the place where the, your children were lost, where the ship sunk. And it's recorded that Horatio Stafford went down to his room and wrote the words that we just sang. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. How do you have the peace to write lyrics to a hymn like that? We're spending our time during these weeks in the season of Advent talking about the things that Jesus, our King, brings to us in a weary world where we live today. Hope last week, peace today, joy and love in the weeks to come. And our text today is a list of famous things that are used to describe Jesus, our King. Take a look, Isaiah chapter 9. If you want to look it up in your Bible, it's on page 573. You want to read this out loud with me? If you can see it on the screen, let's do that together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What kind of peace? Our son Adam is nine. And he's on the front end of a long road ahead of him of orthodontic work. <laughs> I had an expander put in a couple of weeks ago. We turn it every night. And in the lobby of the orthodontist, it's Omart Orthodontist down on University. Tell them Nate Paragoy sent you. That'd be good for me. You can find this image that was in the waiting room right now. 
Did you know that kids smile around 400 times a day and adults around 20 times a day? Bah humbug. (laughs) Now what happens to us? By a factor of 20. I mean, we've got more responsibility, we've got errands to run, we've got things to buy this time of year. Peace makes a difference, and it does put a smile on our face, but it does way more than that. What kind of peace does this king bring to you and to me? Three ways. I'd like to talk together about the peace of God that brings peace with others outwardly in our relationships with each other and peace within in our own hearts and souls inwardly and upwardly in our relationship with God. I would like you to ask yourself this question over the next couple of minutes. Which one of these three do I need the most? Outwardly with others, inwardly in your own heart and soul, and upwardly with God himself. Peace. It would be nice if that's the world we lived in. You remember uh, the lyrics to the, uh, by the, um, penned by the great hymn writer and theologian Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys? I have it here. Wouldn't it be nice to live together in the kind of world where we belong? Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, the kind of world where when we get together with our family for holidays, when things are peaceful, when we get along, we feel connected to one another, with our parents if they're alive, with their kids, if they're adults, with our friends, the kind of world where we never felt lonely or disconnected from the people who matter most to us. Wouldn't that be nice? And wouldn't it be nice if we were the kind of people inwardly who could be at rest no matter how busy we were, no matter how overwhelmed we felt, that we had a a poise and an inner sense of calm And we never have to worry about having enough or being enough or comparing ourselves to what the people around us have or comparing ourselves to the kind of people that they are, for that matter, or comparing ourselves to our own standards for ourselves. What if we were the kind of people who never let them down, for that matter, who never let ourselves down, and then we had the kind of rest that enabled us to be open about who we are, not with just our flaws on the outside, but on our deepest fears and worries and mistakes on the inside. I mean, what if your mind never drifted to the regrets that you have and the things that you would take back if you could? Wouldn't that be nice? And wouldn't it be nice if we never had to wonder if God was listening to us Or to wonder how long it would be until he answered our prayer. What if we never had to wonder if he was near or to question why God lets bad things happen? Wouldn't that be nice? Which one do you need the most?
Wouldn't it be nice if you could have all three? On the outside, on the inside, upward. Because what the story of the scriptures tell us is that the world that we were made for. It's the world that we had once. But as the song ends, you know it seems the more we talk about it, the, more, the worse it feels to live without it. Because the reality is that's not the world we live in anymore. That even our best days are just days. And even our best moments are just moments. They last that long. They slip through our fingers like a flame of a candle that flickers out. The, the candle that you'll be holding when we sing Silent Night in this room a couple of weeks from now. The moment fades, the candle flickers, the warm fuzzy is gone. I mean, holidays have a way of showing us the cracks in the foundation of our families. They take the fun out of dysfunction, you might say. And we miss the old days, when things were better, or before they were gone. And, and sometimes we might do our best to put on a good face and play nice on the outside, but on the inside, there's real pain, real loss, real hurt, and we might try to smile to put on a good face. Did you know this, by the way, that smiling improves your mood? You know that? The research shows that you can force yourself to smile, and your feelings will follow after a matter of time. Some of you are trying that right now. Let's all do it together. How about that? Put on your happiest face. Let's all do it. How Thank you, those of you who humored me for a moment. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Because we know deep down inside that we're not the people we're supposed to be. And we don't do the things that we need to do Paul says in Romans 7, he says, What a wretched man I am. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? You know deep down inside that there are plenty of things that you would take back if you could, but you can't. You found yourself wondering, God, do you love me? God, are you here? God, why is this happening? How long will this last? Peace with God. Peace in our inner being and peace with others. Wouldn't it be nice to have all three? So the question before us is how do you get the peace of this prince today? The answer may be obvious. Jesus, right? I mean, that's Jesus who Isaiah is talking about here. The answer is a child. It's Christmas. 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Let me ask you a question. If it's that obvious, why is it so hard? Why are you still so angry? Why is your temper still and your fuse still so short? Why are you still frustrated with the people around you? Why aren't you calm? Why are you anxious instead? Why are you so sad if you are brave enough to lift the lid on why you're angry in the first place? It may be obvious, but it is so hard. Jesus says, If you want to enter my kingdom, if you want to enter my rest, you must become like a child. To take your hands off your life and to say, I can't control this. To pray in some moments, Lord, I don't know what to pray. I'm not sure what to say. Faith like a child says, I can't do this. So you have to. Our son Jude is five. And uh, I take him to preschool every morning. And he has a pair of Nike high tops that have Velcro straps that he can put on. And he has another pair of uh, high tops that have you know, laces and can you guess which one I hope he's trying to put on when we're running late <laughs> uh, then we get in the car which always takes longer than I expect and I've got to buckle him in his car seat and I know you know you're supposed to give him time to, to learn to do it himself but that's harder when you're in a hurry but what, I'm, what am I going to do every time? No matter what pairs of shoes he brings me, I'm going to tie his shoes to provide for him. Uh, when he gets in the car, I'm going to make sure he's buckled in to protect him. Why do I do that? Because I'm his dad, and he's my son. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, If God the Father clothes the flowers of the field and feeds the birds of the air, and if you're way more valuable than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, he says, why are you so anxious? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Your Father knows that you need all these things, my provision and my protection. He says, instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. To get God's peace, it's not something that you go get. It's something that God the Father gives. It's not something that you do. It's something that he does for you. It starts with a child, but it's something that he does. Verse 6, we know that one. Verse 7, look at the way that it lands. Of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. What does that mean? 
We kind of tack it on the end of this thing about wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish that. It's not a word we say a lot today. We think about zealots, people who are very zealous and fervent in their belief for something. The word zeal here in Hebrew is the word kinah, and kinah is most like zeal or our English word jealous. And there's two ways to be jealous. Just to be jealous of someone. Usually comes out of a place of emptiness and inadequacy to compare ourselves to what someone else has or who someone else is, to be jealous of someone. But there's another kind of jealousy, to be jealous for someone. It comes out of abundance and provision and rest and security, out of attachment and devotion, fervent attachment and devotion and love for something or someone put that second one to be jealous for someone back into the end of verse 7 it says it like this the jealousy of the lord of hosts for you his jealousy for you will do this The jealousy of God for you. So that you could be his and he could be yours. So jealous that he became a child. That he took his hands off his life. He became one of us. The one who knows our sorrows and has carried our grief became one of us and died for all of us so that you could become his child. You could be his son, his daughter, so that you could belong to him and live under him in his kingdom. Do you remember the baptism of Jesus, the words we hear at the end? Jesus and John kind of have this, this sort of tug of war. No, 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 I baptize you. No, no, you baptize me, you know. But, but at the end of that, after John consents and Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, his own cousin. We hear the voice of the Father come down out of the heavens. This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son. With him I am well pleased, it says in Matthew's Gospel. In other Gospels, it parses those three things out. My Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I would argue, maybe some of you heard me say this, that every human being longs to hear those three things. You're mine. I love you, and I'm proud of you. I can remember when I was an adult hearing those words out loud from my dad in a brand new way. Grew up, good relationship with my parents, firstborn, pleaser, you know, wanted to keep the rules growing up, left for college, and my first semester, I'm calling home from halfway across the country using a calling card with a limited number of minutes. Remember those? In my dorm room, on the phone, conversation wraps up, and my dad says, Nate, I just want you to know I love you. And he'd said it before, heard it growing up, but hearing it out loud, it's like hearing it for the very first time. And I can remember years later, finished college, finished seminary, moved to Florida, was a pastor for a couple of years, and hearing my dad say to me out loud, Nate, I'm proud of you. I knew he was, growing up, 
But at 26, to hear that out loud from my dad, it's like hearing it for the very first time. And at your baptism, God the Father said those three things about you. He said, you are my son. And you are my daughter. I love you. I forgive you. And I don't just like you, because I have to. I'm proud of you, because you are mine, and I am yours forever. And maybe you've had a good relationship with your dad. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you didn't hear, I love you very much growing up, or I'm proud of you, but the longing in your heart that you have for a better father than the earthly father that you've had in your life so far is proof, it's evidence that there is an everlasting father for you. And maybe you've had a good relationship with your dad growing up. It's even better than that. The one who longs to cancel you with his wisdom, to spend time with you. He is yours and you are his because what he has done for you, he gives you his favor. He gives you his smile, not 400 times or 20, but forever. And so this, my friends, is how you get the peace of this prince through a child. Faith like a child, the one who became a child for you that receives what he gives, his protection, his provision, his salvation, and through the zeal of the Lord of hosts, the jealousy of God for you. Only he can do this. And this is what we sing at Christmas. Remember the hymn, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners peace with God that gives you the peace of God with others within and with him Amen